This is Julie Hogue with Vegetarians and Meat Lovers Split Table Recipes. I want to welcome you to my podcast where I talk about food, cooking, tips, recipes, ideas for split table families where some people eat meat and some people are vegetarians or people who just want meatless portions. There's so many ways you can cook this way. It's really not that hard if you just plan ahead and do things with intention and purpose, thinking about how you can keep the portions separate, maybe adding the meat last, maybe adding bigger pieces of meat. My goal is always to not make myself be a short order cook. I do pretty much most of the cooking in our family. And since I'm the vegetarian and the rest of them eat meat, I have to come up with ways where I'm not making two separate meals all the time. I mean, sometimes I do make something else for myself, but most of the time I try and not be the short order cook because it already takes a lot of time to create a meal. And if I have to make two meals, I am i don't have time for that. <laughs> so I generally will substitute something else in for myself. And there's so many ways, so many ways to share that I have to share about how to cook that way. And it will be all loaded in this podcast. I hope you caught my last podcast, which was the interview with the chef from California. Check that out if you missed that. And she has some great ideas. Her cookbooks are beautiful. We had a great chat. So today I'm talking about Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is next week, of course, and everybody's thinking about food, holiday food. It's so much fun. Everybody has so much fun doing that, right? We have all of our traditions. Sometimes we sneak in a new food tradition, but many of us really like to do the same foods because we may only have those particular foods once a year or just not as frequent as we do other foods, but for whatever reason, a common thing. So One of the recipes I'd like to talk about today is a recipe that actually came from my aunt that my mom used, and then I've actually modified that recipe. But it's a Thanksgiving sweet potatoes and apple side dish. So my addition was the apples, and I don't know, I can't remember what else I changed, but (laughs) it's a sweet potato recipe and a favorite my family loves it. My kids love it. And I really love the addition of apples to this dish. It really is just so delicious. And I often like to use the um, Honeycrisp apple, which actually was developed in my home state of Minnesota at the U of M at the University of Minnesota. They developed the Honeycrisp apple, and that is the favorite apple of my house. That's the kind of apple my kids want most of the time. I generally don't even buy other types of apples because they really love the Honeycrisp so very, very much. And I do too. And they've now they sell them in like a smaller apple and a bigger apple. And so it's been just very, very high, very highly consumed apple at my house. I almost always have Honeycrisp apples in the fridge or sitting in a bowl on the counter and my kids just gobble them up. They just love them. So I'm going to talk about this recipe and this is a yummy side dish and it's perfect for fall or Thanksgiving holiday or even Christmas. You know, you could make it any time of year, but (laughs) again, it's sort of like a holiday special. It combines the tasty flavors of sweet potatoes, apples, and pecans. 
Yes, recipe is a variation of my mom's recipe, as I said, which originally, I believe the recipe card came from my aunt <laughs> that my mom used to use. And then I used that and then I changed it a little bit for this particular recipe. It's sweet and tasty comfort food dish that will complement any meal or a Thanksgiving feast. It's made entirely on the stovetop, which is also great for holiday cooking because often there's so many things you already have in the oven. And so there isn't as much oven space. Like I have a double oven, two ovens, like it's the stacked kind. So that really helps me out in cooking for my family of five or large groups. But it's so nice to be able to make one of the dishes all on top of the stovetop. It just, I don't know, makes everything flow better, right? <laughs> this recipe I've also made and put in the crock pot to keep warm. Okay, so here are the ingredients. It takes about an hour to do this, I believe. When I've done it in the past, I've timed myself. It takes about a full hour. And I use six sweet potatoes, one half cup water, and a little more if maybe needed for basting, one half cup light brown sugar. For a low sugar recipe, I've used a half cup. And when I want to like really indulge and do the comfort food recipe, I use one cup of sugar. <laughs> so that's up to you, whatever amount you want, but they're both really delicious. And then one teaspoon seasoned salt, one fourth teaspoon ground nutmeg, one half cup butter, one half cup pecan pieces, one fourth cup small marshmallows, and one apple peeled and sliced thin. And again, I love the honey crisp, so that's what I use. I'll put the ingredients to that down in the podcast notes too. And if I have room, I'll do the instructions or abbreviated instructions. But this is this is a recipe that's in my cookbook, One Dish, Two Diets, Recipes for the Hybrid Vegetarian and Meat-Eating Family under the holidays section. I'll put the link to my book down in the podcast notes as well. It's available on Amazon in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. And soon I'm going to be releasing it in hardback, hardcover. So that'll be exciting. I'm excited for that. It's kind of fun to see your book in, in hardcover, especially a cookbook. Okay, instructions. You're going to boil the water in a large pot and add six sweet potatoes. Bring back to a boil and then reduce heat and simmer for 30 minutes or until tender. Allow potatoes to cool. Peel off skin and slice potatoes into fourths lengthwise. Yeah, that's actually true. That's how I make it. You boil it with the skin on, which I know is such a weird thought, right? I don't even peel it. I don't peel it ahead of time. I mean, I guess you could, but this is the way the recipe goes. So this is why I've always done it that way. And it just peels right off when it's cooked. It's really super easy. You use a little knife or a peeler and it just comes right off. So that's how I do that. And then you're going to combine one half cup butter, one teaspoon seasoned salt, one half cup brown sugar, one fourth teaspoon nutmeg, and one half cup water in a large frying pan on the stovetop. Heat over low heat, stirring periodically until the butter melts and the sugar dissolves. Increase heat and boil for about three minutes uncovered. Reduce heat to medium low. Then to sauce in the frying pan, you're going to add the potatoes, thinly sliced apple pieces, and one half cup pecans. You're going to simmer it uncovered for 10 minutes, basting with sauce periodically. And one tip is don't stir the potatoes too much or they will become mushy. So I try not to like move them around too much or mess with them too much, but you want to baste them so they, it just makes it yummier. <laughs> And if you need to add a little more water in here for basting, you can certainly do that at this point. Then you're going to remove the pan from heat. 
and add one fourth cup marshmallows and cover the frying pan with a lid to allow the marshmallows to melt. And after they are melted, you baste the potatoes and apples again before serving it. And it's really a pretty dish because, you know, it's got that wonderful color for fall, the orange sweet potato, the brown from the brown sugar, and the pecans, and then the light color of the peeled apples. It's a really delicious dish, and I hope you enjoy it. I am curious what you do with sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving. It's a common food to have on Thanksgiving. I just even love to have sweet potatoes, baked sweet potatoes. Those are even just so delicious. Another recipe I'd like to share is my maple cinnamon pumpkin bread, which is super yummy. I actually put this recipe on my website and on Pinterest as well. I have I have quite a few things up on Pinterest, so you should check me out and follow me on Pinterest. I love Pinterest. It has so many amazing pictures, and it's just such a delicious place to be. It has so much stuff on there. It's very, very popular with women. Not that men don't use it. They do, but it happens to be very particularly popular with women, and I just love it because it's a place where you can save things. So it's kind of like, you know, you want to save a recipe, you can create these boards, and then can like pin these recipes to those boards. So say you want to make a board of of bread recipes, right? You want to collect all these recipes, but you want to come back to them. Well, you can pin recipes on Pinterest to that particular board so you can go back to it and make it. So it's kind of like a virtual bulletin board where you're like pinning up recipes on a board. Think of it, think of it visually, you know, like a board hanging on the wall and you're like putting all these recipes on it with with thumbtacks, you know, <laughs> that's one way to think of it. And you can share them. You can, um, Instacart groceries delivered in as little as one hour free delivery on your first order, $35. Save yourself that trip to the market. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. Free delivery on your very first order over $35. Following the link in the show notes, let's Instacart know we sent you and help support our show. Multiple stores available. Shop all of your favorites on a single order. The products you love from your local stores. Hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. Delivery to your door in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. Don't we all want that? Find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. Instacart picks the freshest produce and keeps your eggs safe too. Woohoo! Those are things I want. Try it out today. You will love it. Share them with other groups. You can go into boards that are shared or group boards where you would see other people would do. It's a great, great site. And so on there, I am at D-A-N-D-J Hogue. So D-A-N-D-J-H-O-A-G, Parenting Tips, Family Lifestyle, and Food Blogger. That's what I have. So follow me on Pinterest if you're there. It's a great place to be, and I really love to share there. There's just, it's great too because it's so visual. You get these pictures, and they're just, even videos. They even know have videos on there, so you can watch videos. I have videos on there as well. <laughs> okay, 
This particular recipe is pretty popular. I've had people comment on it on Twitter, on Pinterest for sure. And one woman commented that she loves to make this in small little loaves instead of like one bigger loaf. And then she gives it away as gifts at holidays to her family. So I just loved that idea. (laughs) This is a maple cinnamon pumpkin bread. It's so easy to make. And it's a moist bread that is delicious for the fall when everyone is craving everything pumpkin, right? So perfect for Thanksgiving again. And it's easy to prepare and delicious, whether eaten buttered or plain. And my whole family loves this recipe. I I am going to make this recipe this weekend because it's fun to make it around Thanksgiving. I'm going to be making pumpkin pie too because my house is full of pumpkin pie eaters. (laughs) It's a snack bread and it's perfect also for breakfast or an afternoon snack with tea. I love it with coffee or add it to your Thanksgiving meal. Okay, these are the ingredients you'll need to make it. One third cup light maple syrup. I like to use light. You don't have to use light. You can use regular. One 15 ounce can of pumpkin puree. One half cup butter melted and cooled. Two eggs. Three tablespoons skim milk. One cup sugar. One and a half teaspoons of ground cinnamon. Two cups of white flour. One fourth cup teaspoon of salt. One teaspoon baking soda. And one fourth teaspoon baking powder. And again, I'll put the ingredients down in the podcast notes, but it's in my book, One Dish, Two Diets. It's on my website, juliehoagwriter.com, called Maple Cinnamon Pumpkin Bread. So you can just go there and search too. If you'd like to print it right from my website, you can actually do that. Okay, how do you make it? (laughs) Preheat your oven to 400. Cream one half cup melted butter and one cup sugar together by stirring well. Add two eggs and three tablespoons of milk and stir well. Add one third cup maple syrup and pumpkin puree and stir. And you add the full thing of pumpkin puree to clarify that. I don't want you to think it's one third cup. The one third cup only applies to the maple syrup. So you're going to add the full can of pumpkin puree. Combine one and a half teaspoons cinnamon, two cups flour, one fourth cup salt, one teaspoon baking soda, and one fourth teaspoon baking powder in a separate bowl and stir well. So, and again, with many recipes, you're often doing the uh, dry ingredients together and stirring them and the wet ingredients and stirring them together in separate bowls. And then you're going to combine. So you're going to combine the wet and dry ingredients and stir well to mix. It just gets things mixed better. I don't know. That's just something I've always done in cooking. And I don't know where I learned that from. Maybe just doing recipes, but it just works better. (laughs) Then you're going to pour the batter into a loaf pan sprayed with cooking spray. I love to use olive oil cooking spray because it's just better for you. Olive oil is just a better oil for you. And spread the batter flat with the back of a spoon just so that it cooks evenly. I like to make it flat. You know, it's going to mound up, which most loaves do when they cook. It gets mounded up in the the center, but I start out with it being flat. So it it does its own thing after that, but I like to start that way so that it cooks evenly. Then you're going to bake it at 400 degrees on the middle oven rack for an hour. So 60 minutes. Then you're going to let it cool for 15 to 20 minutes and then remove it from the pan. I let it cool really well and long. And if it's cut warm, the slices may crumble apart. That's another reason why I like to let it cool as much as possible. And otherwise, it just it's so warm, it just kind of falls apart. So don't try cutting it too early, even though you want to try it. (laughs) You got to be patient, right? Once it's cooled, I store it in a 
sealed container and the crust may be hard and crusty at first. Sometimes when I've cooked this, it happens, but the crust often softens once it's stored in a sealed container, which makes slicing it easier. I have it with a pumpkin latte, maybe. (laughs) Super yummy. So much yummy good stuff. And I will put the description, if I can get it to fit down in the podcast notes, I will put it all down there because it's it's a pretty easy recipe to make. And, you know, it's pretty similar to making banana bread. It's not, you know, it's not that much different. These snack breads are really easy to make. They also make a great gift. You know, it's it's easy to whip this up and wrap it up and give it away as a gift. Or like, say you're going to your family's or friend's house for if you are going there and, you know, they may want to cut it and eat it, or maybe they'll save it for themselves and have it as a treat another day. Either way works, right? There's so much food at Thanksgiving. In my family, we always have like way too much food, <laughs> but that's not a bad thing because then you get leftovers. One thing that my husband loves to do is to take the leftover turkey and have it with sliced green olives on a bread and make it into a sandwich. I don't know where that came from for him, but he just loves the uh, saltiness of the green olives and the turkey to make a sandwich. So try that this year with your leftover turkey. See if you think you would like such a thing. If you like green olives, you'll probably like it. Um, Of course, I don't eat turkey, so I have not tried this. (laughs) So this is a meat lover idea to take your leftover turkey pieces and turn it into a green olive and turkey sandwich. And you can thank my husband for that. I don't know where he came up with this idea. I think it was something from his childhood. So maybe it was his mom or his dad or something, but somebody taught him that. And that's his thing. He loves to have that. So I try to make sure we have olives around Thanksgiving because that's how he likes to eat it. And, you know, our family loves Thanksgiving leftovers, just probably like everybody else. (laughs) In America, it's about to be Thanksgiving, and it's the start of the holiday season. Pretty soon, Christmas music, it may already be on the radio. Uh, It often happens about a week or so before before Thanksgiving, and I I look forward to that. I don't know about you, but (laughs) it's super fun, and I love to celebrate even Thanksgiving with Christmas music, although we don't decorate for Christmas until the day after Thanksgiving. That traditionally has been when we will go look for our Christmas tree and bring it home either Friday, Black Friday, or that weekend. And it's it's always fun. It's a great memory, and it's the start of Christmas for our family. We don't, I know some families do decorate before Thanksgiving for Christmas, especially if they're having family come and they're not going to see them at Christmas. But we tend to wait and really go all out decorating for Christmas after Thanksgiving is over. Thanksgiving is a fun time to get with family and celebrate thankfulness, what we're thankful for. Everybody has struggles in their life, of course, but if you can celebrate what you're thankful for. Thanksgiving is a great time to try to shed that bad stuff and focus on what you're thankful for, the food you're thankful for, not only just your family, but the fact that you have a wonderful meal, that you have food that is specially made by members of your family that you're all going to enjoy together. Such a simple idea. We often forget to celebrate that and think about what great joy there is in simply everybody making some food at their own homes and bringing it to contribute to the meal so that everyone has a hand in the meal and we're sharing it all. 
it's such a simple idea that I feel like kind of gets taken for granted. And we don't really think about the fact that what we're doing is creating an environment, a meal where we're sharing, well, sharing something that we spent time on and worked hard on in our own homes, and then bring together to have as a meal. I'm really excited for my son coming home for Thanksgiving from college. It's always fun to have him home and to celebrate Thanksgiving and be thankful for that and have him home because, you know, he's first year at college. It's always been all five of us for, you know, many, many years. So it just feels so much more complete and fun when he's home. I hope that you are planning to have some time with family or friends over Thanksgiving weekend at some point. And I hope that you enjoy the food that you make. I'm curious what others like to make. You know, there's always the usuals, you know, well, turkey, of course, mashed potatoes. Our family often does stuffing and a relish tray, salad. I am making the mashed potatoes this year. And so (laughs) I'm going to be making a big old vat of mashed potatoes and probably put it in a crock pot and bring it to Thanksgiving. And it's going to be super delicious. I hope that you are enjoying the start of the holiday season. Hope you're enjoying Thanksgiving. And I will put the link down in the podcast notes to my other new book that has just come out, American Midwest Cooking Quiches. It's the start of my American Midwest cooking series of cookbooks that I'm going to do. And I've already started working on the next one, which I was just going to do salads, but I think I'm going to do salads and breads. I like that idea, which is a a perfect combo to have together. And I'm excited to announce that I have a partner in Instacart, and they are a great company. Have you ever checked them out? They are really quite amazing. I'm going to put the link down in the podcast notes where you can check it out. So I'm an affiliate for them, which means I advertise for them and I do get a kickback. If someone were to sign up, you can get groceries delivered in as little as an hour. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, what a great thing that is. And if you have over $35 on your first order, you get free delivery. And following that link in the show notes, let's Instacart know that I sent that to you and helps support my show. There are multiple stores available. Shop all your favorites in a single order, the products you love from your local stores, and selected by shoppers based on your preferences. And delivery to to your door in as fast as an hour. I mean, that's pretty cool. Say you're making food and you forgot an ingredient or... That's one thing I hate. It's like, I'm going to go grab, like, say I'm grabbing mushrooms or something. And then the mushrooms are like, they've gone bad. (laughs) That's happened to me before. And I'm like, oh, then you can't add that particular item to your food, to your recipe. So that's such a bummer. I mean, what are the choices? You have to leave it off the recipe or you could do Instacart. I love this idea. And the whole fact of getting it within an hour. That's, that's pretty epic, right? I just, the whole world has sort of exploded in deliveries with how uh, well, everybody just went through with COVID. And I think deliveries are up and they're here to stay. They're so convenient. So many companies are doing them. They just really make life 
easier, right? And you say, like I said, you say you've forgotten ingredients. I, that recently happened to me too. I was getting ready to make a pumpkin pie and I realized I didn't have a can of evaporated milk. Ah, oh, I had told my kids I was going to make pumpkin pie last weekend and I was like, okay, my choices are to go to the store or just wait till next weekend after I've gone to the stores. <laughs> so I waited and now I have it finally. And so I'm going to go and make it this weekend. But, you know, Instacart would fix that for you. And, you know, I don't know about you, but it's not hard to add 35 up to $35 of food items to get it. I mean, that's like super, super easy to reach that amount. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you check out my other podcast episodes. I will be talking more about holiday food coming up in the next few weeks. And I'm in search of another chef to have on. I'm excited to have guests on here as well. I love to learn from them. I really learned something interesting in that last podcast episode when I had the interview. She just taught me some things I hadn't thought about or known. And that's just very valuable to me as a cook for my family and just life lessons. You know, I love learning from chefs. They have studied all this and they know, I mean, I've been cooking my entire life, but she taught me some things I didn't know about. So (laughs) that was great. And I hope you check it out and listen to her podcast episode because she has some great, amazing ideas and delicious recipes that you could add meat to if you want meat on it. It doesn't have to be vegetarian or just add meat to those who want a meat dish and leave it off for the vegetarian. So simple, so easy, everyday recipes that are easy to use. Okay, I hope you have an amazing Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you for listening to this podcast. And I hope you follow me and give me a rating. Be the first to give me a rating. I don't think I have a rating yet. <laughs> it would be fun to see some, see your thoughts in a review and a rating uh, for my podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful, amazing day and a wonderful, amazing Thanksgiving. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.